0: Hello, I'm Bob Williams, and this is the Alhambra Investments Bi-Weekly Economic Report for March fifteenth, two 2018. And Joe Calhoun joins us for his take on the economy and the market and what's going on. Hello, Joe.
1: Hey, Bob, how you doing?
0: I'm great. One question for you before we get uh, started, and really, the last time we talked, we talked about uh, the early part of 2017. Everybody was saying the dollar's going to keep going up, and you said, I don't think so. And you were right. It came down. Similar discussion is going on right now. Everybody thinks the bond will continue to go up and up and up. And you're saying again, I don't think so. What do you think is going on?
1: Well, you know, there's an old saying on Wall Street that when everybody expects something, you can expect something different. Uh, The crowd is not right uh, when it gets to an extreme. and, And, you know, the crowd can be right for a while, but eventually you reach a point where uh, if it's selling something or buying something, whatever the case may be, that you run out of sellers or buyers. Uh, everybody that wants to be short is already short or everybody that wants to be long is already long. And that's kind of what's happening in, uh, in the bond market right now. There's this expectation uh, uh, built up in the market that uh, the economy is going to accelerate. There was some uh, concern about inflation. And so people started to short bonds. And if you go and we've talked about this a little bit before, but if you go and look at the futures market, you see a, uh, a very, very large short position in the long end of the curve, 10 years plus, And really, uh, the 30-year bond really has a huge short position. I think it's a record short. And also on the very short end of the curve, uh, in the euro dollar market, euro, uh, yeah, euro dollar futures, you, again, you see a huge short position. So, on that, on the short end, it's people betting that the Fed's going to keep hiking rates. And the expectation, I think, has gone uh, is somewhere around three or four hikes this year. Uh, as you know, internally, we're looking for more like two. I don't think they're going to be able to even get to three. There's been some talk of four, but I don't think they'll get there. So we've got this this, this setup in the market now where everybody thinks rates are going to go up. And I, I, as you know, I listen to the CNBC a lot. I, I don't watch it because it's almost useless. <laughs> but it is good to listen to for one good reason. If you listen to it all the time, you'll hear people coming across there and being interviewed. And what you hear is a theme. You'll hear everybody that comes on talks about something. Whatever that something is, you know that that's not going to happen. Whatever it is, everybody's saying is going to happen. That's not going to happen. So over the last few weeks, it it seemed like a mantra. Everybody that came on kept saying the the 10-year treasury notes going over 3%, 3%, 3%, 3%. It seemed like everybody said 3%. Well, of course, what did the market do? Uh, Well, there's another old saying on Wall Street that the market acts to frustrate the maximum number of people. (laughs) And it did in this case, too. It went to 2.95 and couldn't get through it. And now we're down to 282 or something like that. We've rallied off of that level. So we never quite got to the 3%. I suspect we probably got a little more downside in rates. I'm not saying that we're going to go back to one and a half or something like that. But I think there's probably some more downside to the interest rate structure there.
0: Last December... Congress passed the Tax Act. February 1st of this year, people started to get more money back in their checks. There are lots of opinions whether this is going to have any impact at all, and I think a lot of it is based on political bias. Is there an impact right now? Will there be an impact from what you're looking at? What's your opinion?
1: Well, I think there is an impact. I'm just not sure it's the one that everybody was expecting. Uh, You know, we we got a, a personal income report last week uh, or over the last two weeks, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, but we got this personal income report, and personal income did go up 0.4% uh, on the month, which was about as expected, maybe a little better than expected, and most of that gain was primarily from the tax cut. People had more money in their paycheck. But then you go and look at personal consumption expenditures. Did they spend the extra money? The answer is no. Uh, spending was only up 0.2%, and the balance of it went into savings. And so I think what we're seeing again is what we've seen in the past with tax cuts is that people tend to save these tax cuts. Uh, now, that's not bad. You know, it, it's, but it's not the short-term stimulus that everybody seems to be expecting. And that's the difference. I, I think it, you know, I've said before, uh, a lot of people are looking at this as it's gonna be a short-term positive and the long-term maybe it's slightly positive or, or neutral. I think it's probably just the opposite. I think it's short-term neutral to negative. And it's probably long-term positive because you add the savings, it's going to be more money to invest at some point in the future. So yeah, there's an impact, just not the one everybody thought they were going to get.
0: Well, if people are saving some of that money, is it because they're prudent or is it because they're scared?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, that that of course is a a very good question. We don't really know the answer to that. and We can't know the answer to that. Here's what I would say. I think that if you look at the fourth quarter last year, we saw a surge in spending in retail sales. And I think some portion of that, maybe even a large portion of that, was driven by uh, the after effects of Hurricane Irma and Harvey. Uh, People had to go out and spend money. They didn't have any choice. But at the same time, we also saw a large increase in consumer credit, which was primarily credit cards. Now, I'm just speculating here because there's no way to know where all that came from, but I I do have a speculation, and I think it's a pretty good one. Um, I think that in a lot of cases what happened here was people had hurricane damage that they needed to fix, and they discovered that, (laughs) indeed, their savings account was not big enough to cover their deductible, and they probably used their credit card to make up the difference, and my guess is that right now what's happening is they're paying down those credit cards. Now, we don't have the credit numbers yet. So we don't know what consumer credit did in January. But when we find out, my guess is you're going to see a little bit of a pay down on the credit cards.
0: I guess what I just asked you to do was actually predict the future. And we know that predicting the future versus what's going on right now, completely different things. How do you see your job in terms of just trying to figure out what's going on right now?
1: Well, I think that is the key, the key thing here that's different about what we do and, and what everybody else is trying to do. I think the vast majority of people in our business are trying to predict the future, which I'm going to hear to tell you, it's impossible. Uh, you might get lucky occasionally, but it is impossible to predict the future. We spend our time, Jeff and I, uh, doing most of the economic research, we spend our time trying to figure out the present. And by the way, that's not as easy as it sounds. If you think about it, economists are still arguing about the Great Depression. (laughs) That was 80 years ago. They still haven't figured it out. So when I say we spend our time trying to figure out the present, it's not as easy as it sounds, but I do think it's probably more likely that we're going to figure that out than we are what's going to happen in the future.
0: One of the reports that you watch is the Chicago Fed National Activity Index. What's that telling you right now? And, And number one, I guess, explain what that index is.
1: Well, the Chicago Fed National Activity Index is one of the broad-based indicators that we watch. And look, we look at all these reports, and if you go to the website and read the biweekly economic review, you're going to see a review of almost all of the economic reports that have been released over the last couple of weeks. But the Chicago Fed National Activity Index is one of the broad-based indicators. It's kind of like a leading indicators. Everybody's heard of the leading economic indicators, the LEI. And those are pretty good at predicting recession. Uh, they're not great, but they're pretty good. Well, the CFNAI is a, an aggregation of, I think, over eighty individual indicators, and what it does is it, it's it's what's called a diffusion index. So, it's, it, the baseline is zero, and what zero means, if the index was at zero, it means that the economy is growing at trend, and if it's above zero, it means it's growing above trend, and if it's below zero, it means it's growing below trend. Now, these numbers don't get very far away from zero. A plus one is really cooking. And a minus one means you're probably in recession. Right now, the number is 0.12. So we're just slightly above, uh, growing slightly above trend. And that's consistent with everything else that we're seeing. And really what we use the CFNAI for is to confirm all of our market-based indicators. Um, I've said before, we've been in this range of growth since the middle of 2013. The low end of that growth rate is about one and a half. The high end is about two and a half. What's happened over the last nine months is, we, is we've migrated from the bottom, uh, the bottom part of that to the top part. We were growing at one and a half. Now we're growing at two and a half. But when we look at our market-based indicators, we don't see any reason to think that's going to break out and keep going higher. And so the CFNAI just confirms that and says, yeah, you're growing just a little bit above trend. If trend is 2, 2.1, we're at 2.5. That's all it means.
0: And a lot of times we're looking at two to three quarters. So has the index confirmed fourth quarter GDP?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Uh, you know, w- the the previous month, December, was originally reported as a 0.27, but it was revised down to 0.14. And you're right, uh, the year-over-year growth rate in GDP in the fourth quarter was
0: 2.5. Employment numbers are up. More people are working. That means we've got more tax money coming in. Is that sustainable?
1: Well, that's a good question. Look, the employment report uh, from last month uh, – I, quite frankly, I think it was, you could probably just call it perfect. It was a pretty good sized gain in jobs, over 300,000. Um, and not only that, we saw a rise in the participation rate from 62.7% up to 63. Uh, so we did see a rise in the workforce. And remember, there's really two things that drive economic growth. One is productivity, uh, creating more stuff with each person in each hour of work, or having more people, more a larger workforce. One of those two things, or both of those things working together, is what produces growth. So we've been watching and hoping that we would see this workforce participation rate go up. In a sense, that's a growth in the workforce and it does mean future economic growth. Uh, But there were kind of some anomalies in this report that I'm not sure are gonna stand up to time. Remember, these reports get revised and they can be revised pretty severely. So there were a couple of things I I found a little surprising. One was on the retail, uh, retail side. Retailers apparently, according to the report, hired 50,000 people, which is very strange because they've been laying people off for months and months and months. And it's like suddenly they figured out they laid off too many and hired 50,000 back. I, I'm not sure that really makes any sense. Especially remember that PCE uh, report we talked about earlier, the personal consumption expenditures was only up 0.2%. And the retail sales number that we got previously was actually negative. So if the retailers aren't selling more stuff, I'm not sure why they would need more people. Uh, the other one that was a little bit strange was construction. Construction was a plus 61,000 uh, new workers. Uh, but again, a little bit strange here. We have non-residential construction is falling. multifamily family construction is falling. The only part of the construction industry that's still growing is single-family homes. And oh, by the way, new home sales seem to have stalled too. So again, I'm not really sure why construction industry would hire sixty-one thousand people. Now, I will tell you, probably most likely, that's some kind of anomaly with the seasonal adjustments. You know, there's not a lot of not a lot of of, of carpenters working outside up north these days with the nor'easter coming into Boston. So you know, again, those two numbers I thought were outliers. I'm not sure they're going to hold up when you get all the revisions. We'll see.
0: Perception, sentiment. A lot of that has uh, an effect on the economy. What do you see in sentiment from uh, the individuals and sentiment from corporations? And are they the same or different?
1: Well, it's been one of the odd things about the last year in particular, Uh, we have seen consumer confidence, uh, small business confidence, small business optimism. Um, And also there's a number of what I call sentiment reports. I don't know that, you know, the various people doing these, uh, these things, call them sentiment, but I do. Uh, the ISM report, the Institute for Supply Management, which is basically they're interviewing supply managers uh, at, at the corporate level and asking them about new orders and so forth. And those people have been very, very optimistic, uh, reporting these you know big gains and new orders and all these things. Um, and the same thing in the regional Fed surveys, uh, regional Fed surveys like the Dallas Fed, the New York Fed, the Philly Fed, all of those, uh, those uh, Federal Reserve Banks, those regional Federal Reserve Banks, do surveys of businesses in their area. But again, they're sentiment. They're asking people how do you, in a sense, it's not, you know, it's how do you feel? And we've seen optimism has been huge. Everybody's optimistic. Yeah, but they're not spending. Uh, You know, we get this uh, consumer sentiment number, which is probably the high of the cycle uh, out in the last couple of weeks, the consumer confidence number. And yet we get that retail sales number that was negative. Uh, So consumers may be confident, but they're not confident enough to open up their wallet. And the same thing is true on the business side. When we look at those ISM reports and the regional Fed surveys and so forth, they all look really, really positive. And then we look at durable goods orders and factory orders and industrial production, and it doesn't show up. So I'm not sure really what's going on there, uh, but I would say that I would trust the hard data much uh, much more than I would the sentiment type data, the soft data.
0: This is a case where perception is not necessarily reality.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, in this case... You know, it's funny, you know, we, we hear, we, we we all know that phrase, you know, animal spirits from, from John Maynard Keynes, you know, you got to get the animal spirits stirring. Well, we got them stirring, they're just not doing anything. They just seem to be going in circles. So hopefully, uh, you know, they'll start doing some things and investing in the economy and, and get things moving, but it's not happening yet.
0: Since we talked a couple of weeks ago, the president has announced tariffs on steel and aluminum. Has there been an impact yet, or do you think there will
1: be? Uh, you know, I, I want to believe uh, that these things are negotiating tactics, that he is going to use these things as a lever to get uh, other markets open. Uh, but I have to tell you, I'm not sure. This is one of the things that Donald Trump has been very, very consistent on. He seems to believe that tariffs are uh, part of the answer, that he can negotiate a better deal, uh, that these countries are cheating or some something along those lines, that they deserve uh, that, that we're not getting what we should get. And he believes that if he imposes these tariffs, that we're going to get jobs back in the United States. I I, I got to tell you, I just think it's going to end up in higher prices. And if it ends up in higher prices, for instance, steel and aluminum prices go up. There's a lot more companies in this country who use aluminum and steel and are going to see price increases versus the companies and the individuals who produce that aluminum and steel. So no, I, I don't think it's a positive. In fact, I think that, uh, the risk here is is very very large that you end up in a trade war where everybody's trying to retaliate. And by the way, they won't retaliate in the same way. You know, we put we put tariffs on steel and aluminum, and China puts uh, tariffs on I don't know soybeans. So we'll see what happens, but I'm not very positive about it. Uh, you know what? Let me just say this. I will say this. Uh, something happened yesterday that I think could be a positive sign. Um, Larry Kudlow. Uh, who I've, I've met and, and known, did an interview with, with him a couple of times on CNBC, uh, was named as the head of the Council of Economic Advisors for President Trump. Now, I, I don't think of Larry as a really great economist, uh, and I don't think he really does himself either. Uh, of course, I'm not an economist either, so I mean, actually, I kind of wear that as a badge of honor <laughs> <laughs> because economists haven't been right about much for a long time. But, but what Larry does do well is tell the free market story and the free trade story. And by the way, even more interesting, the strong dollar story. Uh, Larry Kudlow, a number of years ago, started uh, touting what he called King dollar. And he absolutely believes that we need a strong dollar uh, in our economy. And You know, that's something that we've talked about many, many times. I don't like the president and treasury secretary talking down the dollar. You cannot devalue your way to prosperity. And hopefully, Larry, you know, you know what, if Larry does nothing but walk in the Oval Office about once a week and go a strong dollar, <laughs> that might be enough.
0: Well, that leads me into my next question, because you've been saying you thought the dollar was going to rally. And in the last couple of weeks, it, it did take a run, but it ran out of steam. What, what do you think is going on there?
1: Well, you know, I, I think it was another one of those things where uh, everybody got on one side of the market, uh, particularly against the euro. Uh, where everybody thought the euro was going to keep going up. And so everybody made their bets that way. And I think it's starting to reverse a little bit. Uh, These things go in cycles, obviously. And look, you know, the dollar was up pretty strong today because of Kudlow. Uh, Will that continue? Look, I I don't know. My guess is not. Um, You know, it's interesting. The the tariffs, in a sense, should raise the value of the dollar. One of the things that that Donald Trump obviously doesn't get is that markets adjust – to offset these things. If you impose tariffs, then the dollar's gonna go up to offset the tariff. Now, what was really interesting about it was when he announced the tariffs, the dollar didn't go up. And I thought, well, okay, I'm not sure what that means. Does that mean that the market doesn't believe he's really gonna do it? Because I gotta tell you, it doesn't sound like him. So I'm not sure really what's going on there, but I would say that if they do impose the tariffs, that the impetus would be for the dollar to go higher. I think you have some upside here. I don't think it's huge. I think this is a counter trend rally. It's a rally and a downtrend and you will ultimately head lower again.
0: Any last thoughts for this review? Uh,
1: No, I I think that the the message here is the one that we've been talking about for a long time. Jeff and I are very measured in the way we look at things with this economy. We've been in this this trading range, as I said, uh, growth one and a half on the low end, two and a half on the high end. It's basically a two, 2.1% growth economy until we see something in our economic indicators. And by that, I mean the treasury yield, uh, treasury curve, treasury yield curve, credit spreads, until we see something in those indicators uh, that tells us that we're going to break out of that range. I think we have to assume that we're going to stay in it. And so far, everything points to us staying right in that channel. If we're at the top end of the range now, you know, what we should expect is to go back towards the middle of the range. We're growing at two and a half. And by the way, First quarter GDP, and we just talked about uh, fourth quarter GDP at two and a half. We had the two previous quarters: second quarter and third quarter last year were a little over three percent. We had two and a half in the fourth. You had a crummy first quarter last year, so the whole year turned out to be two and a half. Now the first quarter, if you look at the Atlanta Fed GDP now indicator, which people, uh, uh, you know, at the beginning of the quarter were were kind of all excited because the number was they were predicting five point four percent. But that's a misunderstanding of how the Atlanta GDP, uh, Fed GDP now thing works. It always starts the quarter off high because they don't have a lot of data. But anyway, the point is that's down to 1.9. And I think that's very consistent with what we're seeing in the bond markets and what we're seeing in all of our indicators, which is that growth is falling off a little bit here. It's not like we're headed for recession, but we're gonna fall off. We're gonna go towards the middle of that range. And I think that's, that's, that's okay. You know, it, it's not a disaster. But I will tell you I think that the stock market probably has to 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 ratchet back its growth expectations some so you might see the market a little soft here.
0: All right, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Bob. And if you would like to read all of Joe's report, go to the web address you see on your screen and while you're there, be sure to sign up for our free weekly research notes and be sure to come back and join us for our next Alhambra Investments bi-weekly economic review.